0: Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up. I'm your host, Malachi Greb, and today we have a pretty exciting and awesome guest, Tony Gunn with MTDCNC. How's it going? Happy
1: and grateful, Malachi. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always exciting to spend time and speak with you. So what a great podcast name and, and what great things you've done as well. So again, thank you for, for allowing me to be on your show.
0: Well, thank you. I'm glad to have you. I mean, you're doing all kinds of stuff in the space. I mean, you have podcasts and youtube shows and you know just just traveling around to every event traveling the world you have it going on
1: it's it's a dream man um it's also exhausting don't get me wrong i mean just last week i was talking with my buddies and they said uh how do you do it you know and i get that question a lot and i think you did when you were traveling more but probably still to this day with everything you have going on is, is how do you do it and uh you know oftentimes my for the for the broad following we have on social media keeping up with what we do um i typically omit the negative stuff occasionally i'll bring it up right but 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 it exists and i think it's important to recognize it as being a part of our daily activities to realize that sometimes luggage will get left behind or there's going to be a delayed flight or as i like to call it uh, an extended happy hour at the airport so just (laughs) depending on how we go about our lives, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, the schedule's booked through the end of the year. For the most part, for those listening right now, if you said, oh, man, Tony's booked for the end of the year, no, no, we can squeeze you in, or at least we'll try. We got, a, <laughs> we got a full team across the world that can support it as well. But, um, but yes, it's 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 exhausting, and it's also a dream come true to be able to uh, share stories and, and create awareness for an industry, Malachi, that I know you and I both love.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also like a big thing that, that I admire about you, you're you're very much like myself where you're like, you probably can't survive if you're not like running and gunning. Like you, you have to have that. Like you can sit still for like five minutes and then you got to be going again.
1: <laughs> you are not wrong with that. And I'd like to do better because I used to be better. I used to be that. I mean, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was that uh, that beach hippie with the long hair, just enjoying running a, a cnc machine going in for my regular seven to four and and mm. calling a day and then going either surfing or paddleboarding or free diving in the evening right and uh yeah and then i somehow got on this crash course of traveling the world and and now my most recently memories of trying to slow down come sometimes with a, a small taste of anxiety like why am i yeah. not doing something right so yeah I do wish that I had more balance and full transparency with that, but you're also not wrong. It's definitely a a go, go, go type personality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think you kind of segued into a good point uh, for me to like chime in on. What was, what, what do you think was like the transition of you going from like kind of just being chill, working your nine to five to having all this energy and ready to, ready to conquer the world? Oh, that's a really great question. And, And I
1: think it's been in me my entire life without, actually shining a light on it right i think personalities like like yours and myself we we thrive in certain environments but we don't always know i guess where that environment is until we're awakened to it so so i don't really know that answer but i did realize uh through 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 looking back with hindsight 2020 uh that Mm -hmm. i am a true sucker for experience and and I think yeah. that's like the the tr- the real seed of where it all comes from is, yeah. well, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I, I competed on Fear Factor. Well, Why did I do it? Because, you know, I hadn't done it before. OK, well, what about pursuing uh, some hip hop stuff? OK, well, I never said I was good at it, but I tried it. Um, <laughs> what about a professional soccer career? Well, there's people a whole lot better than me, but I chased it. Right. And it was always that 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 thirst for experiencing something that's not been done before for me and and, uh and and although other people have experienced a lot more i grew up with darn near nothing malachi i mean uh, you're talking grinding down our own grains to make bread and peanut butter sandwiches all a day and i'm not sure if you got lucky enough to be one of those kids with fried bologna but fried bologna was a go-to and i considered that an upgrade yeah Um, right so so i never really had that opportunity to see the world i just uh, and, and dating myself, I definitely had the uh, Encyclopedia guy come by my house, knock on the door, and sell us encyclopedias. There was no Discovery Channel at that time, but I remember <laughs> flipping, flipping through the encyclopedias, going, "Man, that part of the world looks awesome. I want to see that one day."
0: I think uh, you know the the experience thing is like really it's it is the core of it because like I think that's my core. I you know I I noticed that I started getting on like an education bug and like next thing you know, I was looking up how to do this, how to do that. Like I noticed like one of the big transitions that like stemmed me and like really drove me into like marketing was, you know, first I learned fitness. Then I learned, you know, then I, then I, you know, admired my, the fitness YouTube guys I was watching. I was like, Oh, I want to do that. And then now I'm looking up stuff about passive income. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Oh, so let's start a YouTube channel. That's a way to make passive income. Right. And then, and now how to grow a YouTube channel. Right. And so all these were like just gaining experience and more knowledge. They kept leading into the next thing, into the next thing that like, in my mind, like kind of ignited the fire of like, you know, why not, why not start a company? Why not do this? Why not do that? And, uh, yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Here here we are. Yeah. You
1: know, there's, there's some real truth into that, that saying that says ignorance is bliss and, uh, (laughs) I'm not using the word ignorant in a derogatory derogatory way whatsoever, but truly, when I was less, uh, let's say, aware of this manufacturing world and what its true capabilities were, Mm. um, I was genuinely, as we started this conversation, genuinely like that laid back, played soccer every day in the afternoon, uh, played on the beach, surfing, enjoying my life, and, and there was a true balance in it. But but then that thirst takes over, right? That that mm-hmm. hold on, that knowledge, I need to know more. And whether it's, as you said, uh, fitness and YouTube and growing YouTube and that path or some of the crazy paths of my life as well, it does kind of sprout from that seed, doesn't it?
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. And so, like, going back to the back, what what is your first inclination that you thought about doing something in manufacturing? Dude. So I've
1: shared this story a couple of times. And I guess depending on who listens to to <laughs> whose podcast or if anyone pays attention to my page or anything like that, I don't know. But uh, my, my manufacturing journey was completely by accident. And, and if yeah. you've already heard this story for the audience out there listening right now, uh, I'll try to be more creative in this explanation than I have been before. But if you haven't heard this story, then maybe you're in for a treat. Um, but mine was completely by accident, Malachi. I was I was truly tra- chasing a professional soccer career, and uh, mm-hmm. and I was at the level. I mean, I was a I was an idiot in school. Uh, to be fair, I uh, my junior year I dropped out of high school because of all things I couldn't pass my geometry class. So <laughs> by by not passing my geometry class, uh, I ended up not being able to play soccer for the high school team. Which was, I mean, that's the reason I went to school was yeah. you know ch- chasing girls in soccer. Those are the two <laughs> main reasons. And, uh, you know, fun teenage years, right? And uh, and so um, my junior year of high school, I didn't get to play. And I said, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm going to work. And at that time, I was mm-hmm. a lifeguard. And so I started um, just lifeguarding at the YMCA because... I had been doing it since I was 15 years old, give or take. And uh, and I really enjoyed lifeguarding, actually. Um, pursuit of, of sports, but also eventually getting from the local community pools out to the beaches and some more mainstream, you know, I guess Baywatch was popular at that time. <laughs> Not sure if I ever could have could have done anything like that, but, you know, I'm a big dreamer as well. Um, so anyway, uh, my guidance counselor, my junior year in high school, uh, gave me a call and he says, look, Tony, I, I know why. And... and So actually, let me take a step back from that because he's now the guidance counselor. But before he was guidance counselor, he was actually in charge of the agriculture department, the FFA, which is Future Farmers of America. I grew up in a very rural, rural school. um, And that was kind of where I thrived was hands on stuff. Right. And so he gave me a call. He was in charge of that. And he said, look, if you come in and take your exam at the end of the year, um, you can uh, whatever grades you get, that's the grades you get for the year. I know. I know school's not important to you, but I'd love to see you graduate. So um, I came in uh, and I had skipped the whole second semester and I came in, I got a C on that exam. and I ended up passing that class, which then I went to summer school and did math and English and I graduated on time, thanks to that guy. So um, Mr. Wyatt, uh, if you're listening, (laughs) which probably not, um, thank you for that. And uh, and so back to the whole school thing, I, I then went to a junior college because I was recruited at a really high level to play soccer in d1 schools but they saw my gpa at a 1.29 gpa or 1.26 and i was number 129 out of 132 of my graduating class and i think the other three folks are just didn't show up right so um so that's where we go into junior college to play soccer and then I did really great my first semester, I was stoked, I was ready, I was pumped, I was going to do big things, and then my whole sitting, memorizing, and repeating thing kicked my butt again, and by second semester, I had a .7 GPA, I was on academic probation, my transfer into the University of Maryland was uh, then revoked, and I went into a church school, of NAIA, an NAIA church school, and got kicked out of that one after a month. So. Uh, that's my pursuit of professional soccer. And so I started trying out for, for the more elite teams growing up in Virginia, uh, I had the Richmond kickers, we had DC United and I was chasing that dream. Now here comes the real authentic part that I think most people will hide from conversations that I choose not to, because I love, uh, allowing, allowing myself to connect with people who I've never met before that might be in a difficult situation. And, um, At this point in my life, I got into a relationship uh, and very, 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 can I say very again? Early on (laughs) in that relationship, very early on, um, we, for better or worse, mistake or gift, uh, ended up getting pregnant and I had a child at a very young age, uh, 21, 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I needed to go to work and uh, I needed to go to a place that's, had insurance, but not any pre-existing conditions, uh, pre-existing conditions, because this was not planned whatsoever. And if my daughter is listening, uh, she probably saved my life to this day. She's actually 22, 23, 24 years old now. Um, and, uh, and, and so certainly a gift in hindsight. But where was I going to find some health insurance that allowed pre-existing conditions in a completely unplanned situation from a kid who was an absolute idiot like myself? With no work experience other than managing a pizza hut in college and uh, lifeguarding. So I stopped at, I started at the, I mean, the bottom tier, man, Malachi. And when I say the bottom, I mean, I, and I, this is the more popular part of the story is I have two buttons on either side of me that, lowers down a hydraulic uh, plexiglass uh, hydraulic press, but a plexiglass that protected my hands. And then a punch press came down and punched a hole into a piece of material. And that was about as qualified as I could be at that time. Um, Started at a very low wage. I can't even remember. It might've been 625, 650, somewhere around there, but about as basic as it comes and every evening or every weekend that I was offered an opportunity to work overtime to learn something new to to figure out the machining side of things or just to simply mop and wax floors on the weekend because that was what we did I was doing it so that I could make money um obviously a much more long-winded piece of how did you get into manufacturing than you might have expected but that's how I got in and that's the long version of it
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what I love is the long version. I I hate it whenever, whenever the story is like super short, like we want, we want the nuts and bolts. We want all the (laughs) details, you know? Um, Cause like like you said, like, you know, you're sharing a vulnerable story that that can relate with somebody. And like, I actually relate to that story pretty identically. I was, I dropped out of junior year of high school because I wasn't going to graduate till I was 19. And I was like, okay, well I can drop out now. I think I was still 16. I was like, I can drop out now. Go get a GED, have it by the time I'm 17, and and basically graduated at school a year early, and have a whole extra year to kind of just do whatever I want, right? Um, so so I that's what I did, dropped out, went, got a GED. Um, then I also had a child really young. I was like, okay, I need to do something like these these nine to five jobs that I've been working. Uh, I've been working since I was like 14 years old or whatever. But you know, all of them like super low paying. And I was like, man, I got to do something. Uh, and uh, I walked into the college. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, what kind of programs you guys have, right? And uh, they started listing off some things. I was like, automotive was one I was kind of interested in. I knew they had that one. And they named off some different ones. And then they got to robotics. And I was like, what's that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that was it. She, she named off, like, basically what robotics was. I was like, that's the one. And it was that, you know, that simple, that, you know, that. Uh, you know sand line in the sand drawn and and that really started my journey into, into everything we're doing
1: At ceo of elite <laughs> automations that you, you've taken yeah. the right path it sounds like
0: yeah yeah but i mean it's crazy how like all just like life kind of like navigates you right if it wasn't for like you know i wasn't gonna graduate uh, on time i wasn't gonna you know I, I was having a child when it was unexpected like those things really they drive you to, to take in life decisions that really need to be made and then alter your life forever.
1: Yeah, well said, brother. I agree. And, and you know, it's interesting to, to kind of piggyback off of that, Malachi, is oftentimes we're in the moment not realizing the significance that we will realize when we look back on it, right, is – it seems like these hardships don't make sense, or these lessons don't make sense, or these mm. education we're receiving in, in life doesn't make sense. But when we look back, we go, Holy crap, mm. it all actually lines up exactly as I needed it to. Yeah. You know, at least at least that's how I felt in my life. And I think a lot of people see that same alignment uh, in mm. their lives as we look back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I, I think another thing that I've really seen, and I start to like evaluate is that those who are trying to do more in life after they decide like, Hey, you know, I want to do something important. The more you do the harder life gets. Right. But, but things are getting harder because you're doing more things, right? It's not hard to sit on the couch and eat potato chips, right? (laughs) It is hard to, to get in your car, you know, drive, drive eight hours and, and go to an event. Right. And then you get a flat tire on your way to the event. Well, you know, you don't do that on the, on the couch eating potato chips, but you know, it's those things that propel you in life, and you know, I I see myself like as it's like kind of an uphill battle. Everything I've done has been like a challenge, right? There's been nothing that's smooth. Like I, you know, I have issues with like you know my kids' moms and stuff like that, and like causing like personal issues that that affect affect my life and whatnot, and all these things I look at as being a lesson something to overcome and then learn from whatever that thing is and take away, you know, this valuable, this valuable lesson. And a lot of it's like just, just patience, like being able to deal with something that's like very, very frustrating. And, and then you're just like, okay, okay. all, right. Yeah. all <laughs> the, right.
1: The great gift of patience is you don't just get to have it or buy it, right? You have to go through things in order to earn it.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so go, let's go back into your story and, and, and where did, where did things navigate after you, you know, started operating your press and, and where, where did things go from there?
1: It's a good question. Uh, and I'll go mostly on the work side of things, but I sure. think my personal life, uh, as you mentioned, kind of propelled me to want to do more, right. Or, or, I mean, more is subjective, but, but to do what I felt to be more right. So right. started on the punch press, um, And uh, there's a really and I have thanked this guy a few times and I'm not sure if he's ever received the message uh, via podcasts and (laughs) videos that I create and all that stuff. Um, I'm not sure what he's doing now. And and I hope he's still alive. But but, you know, life is is funny sometimes. Um, But he was about 64, 65 years old when I was first starting. So 21, 22. Um, And and he was my educator and and he taught me how to program line by line uh, with a floppy drive on every single machine in the department. So what is the department? Well, coincidentally and uniquely, my first manufacturing job was in precious metals. So not everyone gets that opportunity. So I was machining gold, platinum, silver, palladium, and any carrot or any creation because the facility of manufacturing also had a refining plant in it. So in the back area of this facility, we get mailed I mean, it could have dirt and stuff mixed in it or it could just be pure, right? Um, But we would get mailed uh, gold, gold, platinum, silver, all that fun stuff. And we would quote how much we felt the value was and they'd accept it or not accept it. But ultimately what that meant was that we could make any carat gold because we made nine carat gold for australia one time you can make 20 carat gold you know the more gold is in it the softer it is and and the more copper or nickel or whatever is in it's going to be a little bit harder platinum in itself is a real mm, it's kind of a messed up material you don't think about it but it's it's got some components to it that are so extremely gritty it rips apart diamond tools when not being programmed correctly speeds and feeds um so i'm learning how to run 20, 30 machines in our department. Uh, And they're pretty basic. They're Omniturns, you know, two, three axis type stuff and GT75, Mm -hmm. which is another version of an Omniturn. Um, And then as I'm growing over the years, you know, I've got a few, uh, with with partners of my colleagues, a few patents in the jewelry industry of what people are buying for their wedding bands or wedding rings, engagement rings. So unique designs that we're creating. Um, At this point, I'm considered in the top 5% in the world in uh, understanding how to machine platinum which I always make the really bad joke I think that's only because there's a very few people who even study it or learn it right metallurgists yeah. or something so so while it seems elite maybe just more unique than elite um, but it but it did allow me to really hone in on on how that material can be machined and and one year I saved the company over a hundred thousand dollars and um in uh material costs and in right. cutting tool costs because of understanding the right depth of cut speed speed all that fun stuff so i'm learning the basics but but getting better every day and we start we choose to invest in an Mco meyer um multi uh spindle lathe and turret as well so now we're we're getting more advanced for what we knew at that time and At that time, we were actually programming either at the machine or on an Excel spreadsheet. We didn't have any of the cool cam systems at this point. Um, And I really could talk about um, this specific company for a long time, but I'll fast forward a little bit. Uh, But before I do, I'm I'm sure you've heard of Six Sigma, Lean Manufacturing, 5S, all that. Let's be clean, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, So there was this really cool opportunity that I had while I was at this this jewelry company. It was the software called I Think Manufacturing. So if you imagine what Six Sigma is and you're drawing all the charts and you have in theory of where my bottlenecks might be, where I'm losing money, making money, where I can be cleaner and greener and all that fun stuff. Um, This actually took (laughs) what I failed in high school of calculus and geometries and all these mathematical equations and uh, applied correctly would put into an active spreadsheet. It would actually turn it almost into like a video game where you could see if those theories were actual or not by plugging in the right mathematical equation. So that
0: mm-hmm. was a
1: really cool opportunity for me to realize that I wasn't as stupid as I thought I was, first of all, by failing mm-hmm. out of geometry in high school. It was more of a hands-on practical practice, mm-hmm. along with the programming of turning a block into something functional. Um, so that was a really cool awareness piece at that time. Now, I mentioned that I was going to bring in some of my personal life at this point as well, Malachi, which I think is important because... Uh, during the same six years that I was working at this, uh, precious metals company, um, a whole lot of hardship came about. And I think it was because I was a little punk teenager and I think that's how karma works. Uh, so, so early on in my life, karma was like, well, we're going to get you back real quick. So, um, some family issues. Uh, so my house burnt down. Uh, one of my best friends was, was killed. Um, my nephew, uh ended up passing away at a very young age. Um, I mean, the list really does go on and on. I, I lived on the on the street for a little bit. Uh, fortunately, I have great friends who said, no, 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 you're not living in your car on the street. We're gonna, you can stay with us for free, you know, that kind of, so for yeah. about four years, from about 21 to 25, it was just struggle after struggle after struggle. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and, and I'd just be gushing blood from my nose and Uh, My stomach was all jacked up with ulcers and all of this stress, whether it be uh, finances or baby stuff or work or family stuff, you know, just it it was a lot going on at this time. But ultimately, it it made me a much stronger and braver person. Right. And we we talked Mm -hmm. earlier about how later things in life make sense that don't make sense at that time. Well, my alternative to being a very angry person and and hurting a bunch of people was to write poetry. And writing poetry, uh, I had a friend reach out to me and say, hey, I actually am a music producer, would you like to turn that poetry into a song? And Malachi, between you and me, and probably nobody's listening at this point, right? But so between you and me, I was terrible at music. I I can't say (laughs) I had never played an instrument in my life before. And and because I was writing poetry, it ended up being hip hop. But the first song was, I mean, it's the worst. If you ever find it, which I've tried to hide it, it is the worst. Uh, (laughs) But, but it allowed me to have a piece of therapy. And the reason I brought up some things don't make sense that later make sense is, you know, my current career and that I hold a microphone all the time and I'm interviewing people all the time and I'm on so-called quote unquote stages all the time. Well, that music career of a really bad 10 year hip hop career was me (laughs) holding a microphone and performing for people in front of audiences. And so that's how. I instantly had the confidence that when a camera was put in front of me with MTD and a microphone was handed to me that I could quickly take off and engage in a conversation. So there's a lot more to my manufacturing career that we can talk about. And I'd like to, but I'd like to also take a break to have you talk. So I'm not talking the whole time throughout this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no problem. It's your story. They get to see me every time they jump on this podcast. Lucky for uh, them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. but. No, you, like you said, it's like, it's the, the odd things that you go through, like how I can like transition and relate to, to like the next journey in your life. And you would like, you know, it's like, say for, as it goes back to like the exact same thing, almost it's like fitness YouTube channel. Like what does a fitness YouTube channel have anything to do with like operating a company or, or anything like <laughs> that? Right. But it's like every bit of the marketing that I've learned has been through that journey. You know, it's been through how to grow a YouTube channel and then all these other, You know social media strategies and and other things that go along with it and uh it really is just like the wild journeys that that life takes you through that you know just gives you the experiences that you need for the next thing
1: isn't that the truth it is gosh it's the truth and we don't know um so i'll continue a little bit but uh what i'd like to do before i continue because I do think it's important that we talk about our journey. And I do think mm-hmm. it's important that the people that maybe don't know me that are listening to this this podcast of yours, Malachi, understand that when I'm talking about manufacturing, engineering, automation, uh, I've actually worked in machine shops. Um, so I do want to continue that. But I'd also like to, to take a quick moment to say that uh, when we do our inspirational talks to the youth, you know, when we're trying to... Mm-hmm create awareness uh, to a generation that doesn't have a lot of manufacturing and i didn't either if i'm being honest but the generation above me i think had more than more than i did right so the, the this generation the gen xers and the 10 or 10 or so years above and below because i'm 44 years old at this point um we're trying to do our best to create awareness in a generation that's in high school right now and i don't know what we've named those groups we always have unique names, uh, of of the next generation of people, but, um, but the, the generations, so, so what I like to bring up is for that generation that, that doesn't really know, or even more, maybe not more importantly, but also importantly is the ones who don't think that they have any opportunities moving into the future of their life. You know, maybe, maybe they don't think that they have gifts. Maybe they don't think that, that they can make money with the gifts they do have. Maybe opportunity has been clouded by their immediate surroundings which i can totally empathize with because i had a giant closed-minded uh blinders on as a teenager Mm -hmm. i didn't know and and you don't know what you don't know right but i didn't know so what i like to go into with that next generation is to say look i came from darn near nothing i mean Mm -hmm. it was my mom was making my clothes for me uh, and at best my grandparents were taking me to Goodwill stores to buy clothes. That was how I got my stuff. My food was never elaborate. Um, And so opportunity beyond what I knew was more of a dream. So I immediately translate that to say, I'm now 44 years old. I've been to over 60 countries around the world. I have studied with some of the best engineers on the planet. I have learned from some of the most intelligent people sending Mm. rockets into space, making phones, computers, satellites to the garage shops and entrepreneurs of people who who believe in themselves. And none of this would have happened without manufacturing. So Mm. this is an opportunity on a multi-onion leveled platform to say, I'm an introvert, I'm an extrovert, I don't have opportunity, I do have opportunity because it all exists in this world. Whether you wanna work on machines, be in sales, Uh, be an accountant, Um, play with programming, whether it's robotics or CAD software at some point, whether you like the geometries of cutting tools or the science and the chemistry that goes into cutting fluids, whether you like the machine monitoring side of things and how to overall run a shop and understand what your machines are actually producing. It all exists in this world. And so ultimately, um, I hope at some point, that when we look at our children, and, and I think we have to focus a lot on the parents as well, Malachi, because I can convince a child to like this industry. But if i have not convinced their parent, their parent's going to push them back into a university or, or something that they believe is great, right? Yep. But ultimately, I'd love for us, Malachi, together as a team, as a family, as a unit, and not just us, but the people listening as well, that when we hear... Hey, what's your kid do? Oh, they're a doctor, man. I'm so, that's so awesome. Good for you. What great parenting to equally say, what's your kid do? He's a manufacturing engineer. Oh my gosh, we can't make anything without a manufacturing engineer on this planet. I can't drive my car. I don't mm-hmm. have my phone. I can't even do my cool TikTok dances because it wouldn't flip and exist. So yeah. ultimately that's, that's the awareness that I want to bring before even stepping more into my journey is, we do this, we create everything and there's opportunity for everyone. And we want everyone because there is a massive labor shortage in our industry right Mm -hmm. now. And some people say it's due to the fact that the boomers and the millennials just have more people that were born. Right. And that makes sense that the same percentage of people are getting into manufacturing. There's just 200 million less people in the gen X situation. Well, that's still going to be less people regardless. It's actually considered a national security threat at this point because we need more engineers. So for anyone who's listening right now, we want you. We will do our very best to uh, bring you into a situation where you can thrive and succeed and provide a solid future and living for yourself and potential families. Um, May it be that way. And so, again, I'll take a quick breath to allow (laughs) you to join in with me, Malachi, because I'm very I'm known for talking too much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the the most beautiful thing about our industry is two things. One, you can be just about anything, right? You want to do mechanical engineering, electrical engineering. You want to be an accountant, all those things you mentioned. You can literally do just about any type of job title within our industry. And then on top of that, you can do it with any career or any education level. You can walk out of high school and get a job in manufacturing, or you can go get a two-year degree, get a job in manufacturing, get a four-year degree, job in manufacturing. You know, you can you can have any level of skill. And and also if you're an individual that doesn't isn't aware of opportunity, right? If you if you just hustle and, and go find the right company, uh, you know, a, a CNC shop, an automation company, and you just call them, hey, look, I'm looking for an entry-level job. Like a lot of these, a lot of these companies will be willing to l- let you get your foot in the door. Maybe it's operating a, a, a press or some small junior task. Uh, maybe it's cutting metals, whatever it may be, right? But they'll let you come in the door, and then over you know six months, a year, they'll start letting you program a robot, program a CNC, let you start getting your your hands a little bit dirty. Especially if you're you're somebody who's really progressive and really trying to to learn more. Uh, and that's, I think, a big part of what's made made us so successful. And the opportunity is endless. And, and so many people have opportunity here in this industry. And, and you know, if opportunity is pe- something that people are, you know, don't feel like they have, this is the place to do it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and again, I'm going to piggyback off of you, Malachi, and just give a couple of shout outs as well. Um, I was recently at, at Pine Bush Central High School in upstate New York. And uh, the Allendale team there with uh, Neil McGill and John Shamrock um, do a really great job of supporting that high school. Now, that high school is the first, if not the only, uh, Gene Haas um, accredited, certified uh, education center in the U.S. Um, Not not through trade schools and secondary schools, but high school. Right. Um, They have and I'm just going to take wild guesses because I don't have this memorized, but I did film with them there. And, and so if somebody wants to know the real truth, they can go watch the MTD videos. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I want to say between six and 10 CNC machines, uh, verticals and horizontal or verticals and turning centers. Nice. And uh, I want to say around 30 plus additive printing machines, 3D printing machines, additive manufacturing. Um, they also have uh, architecture and robotics and it's, it's there's 300 students out of 1,800 students at that school in this program, 220 or 40 of them went to summer school by choice to learn more. And they're actually graduating students out of that school into really great job opportunities. Some of the biggest Mm -hmm. names that you might know, um, straight out of high school because of what they've learned in high school. And then to compound that, uh, Kathy Walker in Eastern Kentucky, uh, Gosh, my heart goes out to her. She's an incredible woman and she's running a, um, a trade school there as well. And what happened there was with it, and, and most people who follow politics much more than I do, because I don't I haven't watched <laughs> a, I haven't watched the news in like 20 years um, and I'll get most of my news from conversations like this. Right. But uh, out there in 24 hours from coal being OK to coal mining not being OK. 10,000 to 14,000 people lost their jobs overnight. So Mm -hmm. what do you do in a community that instantly has, I mean, was thriving off of one thing and now Mm -hmm. it no longer exists? Well, they turned to machining. And Kathy Walker has done a phenomenal job over there at creating awareness. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's there's really some more, a lot more examples, actually. and, And I hope to get to more of these schools and, uh, be able to, to talk like we're talking today, Malachi, but also Mm -hmm. to share their story with the country to get other students and parents involved as well. But yeah, there's a lot of stories like that that we need to share, isn't there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, like that's one of my biggest life goals and dreams is I think that we need to, you know, close the gap of like when our education starts, like at least skilled trade type of education, like, I mean, we could be starting back in high school. like you said that's one of the one of the only uh, high school programs like that that's phenomenal. People are getting hired right out of high school like by top tier employers and they didn't even have to go to college. they're already prepared and, and really those type of skills is what a lot of a lot of employers are really looking for. They want skills where people have actually done some type of work they've actually had their hands on something and and that's where the, you know that opportunity, is what really can excel people at a young age, especially those who don't have maybe leadership or guidance inside their house uh, to to guide them into some type of career path. A lot of a lot of young young youth are, are you know, they're getting their their career advice from a, a fifteen minute lecture at school and never really hearing much about it again. You know, so um, having more things like this that are offered offered to students is extremely, extremely important. Yeah. Plus,
1: you know, I could be TikTok famous in 24 hours. You know, I'm not sure how many people can see my dance right now, but you know, that's a, that's a, that's a dream for a lot of people, right? It's, yeah. it's the, it's the get rich quick scheme. Um, and it used to be, you know, different for, for my age demographic than it is now, but it's, it's very interesting. And you're right. A lot of shops, I mean, you would, you probably would believe, but I'm gonna make the sentence. You wouldn't believe. Um, you wouldn't believe uh, how many shops I walk into and they would prefer uh, having someone that they can educate and grow within the company mm-hmm. um, than someone they need to possibly retrain or relearn yeah. how they do things. So, you know, I definitely when I have these conversations, I definitely don't want to take away from the incredible uh people who have been doing this for a long time, the wisdom that goes into years and years of training. But at the same time, I want to simultaneously um, promote or advocate for, or maybe even inspire the younger generation who um, think that I need to have all of this credentials. And yes, for those just listening right now and not watching, a giant hand gap in between of of the size that I'm showing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, This for credentials when you can go in and, and shoot, I was just in Canada, just in Canada. And this guy hires... $18 Uh, $18 an hour um, starting wage for people right out of a trade school because
0: nice. they
1: know how to run machines and he wants to pay them well and keep them as well. So, mm-hmm. and, and then he jumps them again, three months, six months, and then he keeps them for a while, right? And a really great company. But this is, the reason I bring that up is it's, it's a personal experience, but it's not abnormal, right? It is more of the norm where people want to educate and keep an employee. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not sure if you know this or not Malachi, but I learned recently. Um, there used to be what's called the 10 year training program at a company. Meaning if you and I were to start today within now in 10 years, um, uh, we could be whatever, you know, president or vice president or national sales manager, whatever it might be, whatever our goals were. Right. Um, and maybe I'm exaggerating with president cause that takes a while, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's now changed based on the demographic that the millennials actually stay at a job on an average of two and a half years. So now the turnover rate is more and they're trying to figure out how to keep people there, to keep people inspired, to make sure that the training that they're doing isn't wasted training. Because mm-hmm. you and I both know that statement as well as, as uh, and, and I'm probably going to mess it up, but, you know, what happens if you, if you train an employee and they lose uh, and, they, and they leave? Well, mm-hmm. what happens if you don't and they stay? Right. Mm -hmm. So we got to figure out how to keep them, how to keep them trained, but also two and a half years is not a great average. So let's figure out what we can do. Uh, Anyway, it's more of a rambling, rambling point. But I think (laughs) overall the idea of that we need more people and that for those listening, uh, you can do it. That's a terrible Adam Sandler thing Um, (laughs) that that you can do it. And we do want you, I think, is ultimately the goal of that, that bit of rambling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think even too, like you said, like there used to be like a 10 year plan. I think maybe something like that 10 year plan has died out a little bit. So people are not active, companies are not actively putting that 10 year plan in place. Therefore, you're not given clear goals for somebody to be able to grow and excel in their career. Like, I don't know that I've ever, I mean, I I haven't had a lot of employers because I've stuck with pretty much one employer my entire career (laughs) before starting Elite. But uh, through a couple of the employers I bounced through, there wasn't, uh, much of a, of a plan of succession and, and the ones that it was, the ceiling wasn't very high. Like, you know, my high, one of my high school jobs was at McDonald's and like your, your top out, you know, at that, at that point, like top out was like a, a general manager at like 30,000 a year or something like that. Right. So, um, you know, the opportunity wasn't there. So like, I think good plans and, and how you're going to get people to the next stage of their career and their journey, I think is, is super important to, to retention and and keeping people excited about work. I agree. Uh,
1: and, and if it's okay with you, because I know we're kind of short on time, Mm. I'm going to jump back into the career side of things. Um, if that's all right. Yep. Yep. So, so from the precious metals, I went into kind of standard steels. I had to teach my own myself how to do milling. And I remember vividly, uh, it was a VF six machine punching a hole in pipe and radiator coil stuff. Um, and then, uh, switching from there into the woodworking side of things after a few years and running a factory floor, about four acre factory floor of of paint booths and sanding lines and routers and all the things that go along with custom cabinetry, right? So three different and pretty different um, careers in manufacturing. And then through that, I actually went into the CAD department uh, translating an interior designer's design of a kitchen so that the machines actually could replicate it and make the right parts. So moved into That's that cool. and then went into the actual interior design design side of things where, um, I would sit on a computer, my monitor, I would have two monitors, one would be facing a potential customer and the owner of the company, and one would be facing toward me. And as they spoke, I would design their kitchen exactly as they wanted it. So by the end of the conversation, it wasn't a back and forth of is this what you want? Is this what you you yeah. know because as you're talking about it, we make it. So um those were my three major manufacturing influences and background uh before. Uh, deciding I wanted to live on vacation. So I was in D.C. at this time, and uh, and my wife and I threw everything into storage, and we drove down to Florida because we like summer and we like the beach. So no job, no place to live, no guaranteed anything. And <laughs> I happened to be hired by three jobs within 24 hours. I mean, I had sent out my resume, don't get me wrong, but right. nothing was guaranteed. <laughs> um, and so I, I ended up getting hired by three jobs 24 hours after I arrived, and I took the third one, which is air turbine technology, And air turbine technology was a unique opportunity um, to machine with micro tools at very high RPM, which it seems almost every company in the world has a struggle with most don't actually understand how to utilize high speeds because. High speeds to most people is 10, 15, maybe 20,000 RPM. But when you're going 90,000 RPM, it's a different world altogether. And as we get yeah. smaller in diameter, the R- mathematical equation for the RPM RPM actually needed for the tool life required or, or desired is so much higher than most of us are getting anyway, right? And, and so air turbine allowed me to go around the world building foundations of distribution in the top 20 to 30 countries in the world of manufacturing. So I got to meet a ton of people. During this time, I also uh, wrote two books, which nice. I think are, are hopefully helpful, more like chicken soup for the soul type books. And uh, and then when COVID hit, I put all my stuff into storage, quit all my jobs and went backpacking through Mexico. And that was when uh, MTD called, well, a bunch of companies called. Thank you for everyone who reached out to me. I appreciate that. I was grateful and humbled for that. Um, but MTD was one of the companies that reached out and being of service to everyone in an industry that that I value very much was for me a beautiful opportunity to highlight as many people as we can from the big dogs down to the garage shops and everything in between and I mm-hmm. guess we're doing an okay job because um three magazine covers last year a global, global icon award this behind me you see the swag wall also of all the cool <laughs> stuff and we just we're continuing to grow so the reason why I wanted to finish that, and I asked for your permission as we're glowing, coming close to the end of this podcast is because I think it's important for the people out there who are dreamers to realize your dream can come true. And for those who aren't mm-hmm. dreaming, like I I wasn't dreaming at all. I didn't know. Um, the mm-hmm. world is yours. The, oyster, the world is your oyster, as they say. And mm-hmm. I never in a million years thought that somebody would read a book that I wrote, but they did. In fact, we went number mm-hmm. one in six countries uh, when mm-hmm. we wrote one of our books. So- and I never thought I'd ever be on a magazine, unless it was for something like soccer. You know, that was that was my <laughs> big dream, right? So what the heck am I doing now? Um, and it continues to grow. So that that's kind of my summary is to allow people to hopefully uh, not not just look at me as some show-off, egotistical person, but as a a lifeline of opportunity and inspiration so that they can do what I never thought I could do either. It's not for me it's never about ego. It's never about bragging about what I've accomplished. I'm hopefully building a bridge or a ladder or some yeah. form of connection with an audience saying, well if, if if that idiot can do it and you dropped out of high school, then I can do it too. You know yeah. ultimately <laughs> I hope that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If there's if there's any any one particular viable p- point that you could give to the community what do you think it would be?
1: It's a great question. And and I think if uh, we had prepared for this, I could give a better answer, but yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give a, a real cliche one um, because it also reigns supreme and will continue to reign supreme. And it's one of the more difficult things to do as well, Malachi, but it, 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 I've heard other people say it. I've said it many times. You've probably said it yourself. And it's the ability to get back up, no matter how mm. many times life offers you an obstacle, a speed bump, a mountain, a hill, get up, climb, believe in yourself. I mean, I don't care if it's going to a church and allowing religion to be that growth that you need to believe in yourself or it's a, a meditation on the side of the beach where you're doing you know perf- personal manifestations, whatever it is that, that we can do so that when we wake up in the morning and we look in the mirror, we can be proud of that person and believe in that person. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes, yeah. and I was just on the Making Ships podcast with those guys and they allowed me to talk about mental health really Mm -hmm. great group of people. Um, Mental health is not a physical illness. And so most of us don't know about it or talk about it, right? Because you can't see it. So so oftentimes that person in the mirror is our biggest demon. Mm -hmm. Even if the world around us loves us, if we don't see it in ourselves, it will not matter. So whatever ability we can do to get up, to believe in ourselves, to love ourselves, I would advocate toward that because the rest of the world and the rest of everything will fall into place when we do.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and like you said, it, it is such a big thing. I think some people like definitely struggle with it more than others. Um, it's still, it's still something that you know, I'm challenged with. Do I, I ask myself, am I um, worthy of success? Am I, you know, uh, And I've already done fairly well. You know, I have quite a few things going on in life and, and it, it's still questions that come up in my own head of like, you know, you know, do I, do I, it's not like I, do I deserve to be wealthy, but is it destined for me? Is more of the feeling, right? Is it destined that, that, you know, these accomplishments will happen or will it be that struggle and those continual punches in the face and, 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 and never, uh, never reach a point of success uh, or whatever that version of success is. Right. But uh, you know, and then this goes back into the thing of those punches to the face are what is going to make you successful. Going back, it's you getting up from those punches in the face that are going to make you successful. And, you know, you just got to keep driving forward, keep learning from all the things, and and climb that hill.
1: Yeah, you're right, my friend. You are right. And, and it's it's not always going to be easy. And it's also fair to – even though, so social media is something that oftentimes we offer the world the commercials of who we are, right? We don't oh. offer everyone the – True roller coaster of life. So, for anyone listening right now and/or watching, depending on how we do this, Malachi, um, the happiest of us, the most grateful of us, will still have highs and lows. So, do yeah. not get too down on yourself when you're having a low week or a low day. Um, and by all means, I would advise to reach out to a friend, uh, reach out to a colleague, high five them, give them a hug just have a conversation, whatever it might be. Uh, it's life is a beautiful adventure. It really is, but it's not always going to be the easiest adventure.
0: So I think it's about the lens. It's the lens of what you look at <laughs> it. Like look at it. All things are good. You know, Hey, all things are good. Then
1: <laughs> I agree with you, my friend. Totally.
0: Tony, thank you for being here. Where can people find you at?
1: Everywhere. All you got to do is turn on your social media. now. uh, let's be more <laughs> specific than that. Um, I, and, and, and personally, I'd like to advocate as a, as a team of a unit. So mtdcnc.com uh, is our website, mtdcnc, LinkedIn, YouTube. We have 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 connections. We have it uh, on Facebook. If you're a Facebook person, uh, we're growing the TikTok, the TikTok. What an old man. man. <laughs> um, we're, <laughs> we're growing TikTok. TikTok. Uh, Instagram's doing great. We got a colleague, the UK Machinist, around 110,000 followers, and he's partnered with, he's one of our, our uh, presenters at MTDCNC. Everyone knows Lindsey, Paul, Joe, Rowan's a rising star himself. Um, so MTDCNC, everyone asks me, what does that even stand for? And I, and I tried to make a shirt that said, uh, machining technology domination, but uh, UK... <laughs> The UK team didn't buy it. So uh, the actual original name for MTD is machine tool direct. So to answer all those questions, machine tool direct CNCs. is for those of us who are in the industry, computer numerical control. Um, but we know what that means. And uh, yeah, Tony Gunn, you can find me uh, if you need anything. Never, never think that I'm too busy not to have a conversation to help. Um, and although I am exhaustingly busy and it might take a few minutes. Uh, I will not ignore you. And if there's anything I can do to help, because I, too, as Malachi said, I, too, question if I'm doing enough and if I'm doing a good enough job for all of my partners. And and so I want to be there for as many people as I can. And that includes all the listeners as well. So that's my final statement, Malachi. I appreciate it, brother.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate having you today.